All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game, love the game, or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the Sports Gal Pal herself, Ramona Rice. Well, hey there, Gal Pal Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Gal Pal Podcast. Well, I hope you understand what the sports fans in your life scream at the TV during a game. I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me on Twitter at SportsGalPal, of course, on SportsGalPal.com. And gals and pals, college football for me and my guest is officially over. Thank you, lords of football, sweet baby Jesus. Any dreidels you might be spinning, I don't know, but we're going to thank every deity I can think of because it has been a miserable college football season for myself. I'm pretty sure my guest is in the same boat. We're both our teams looking for new coaches right now, and we're going to talk about that. But more importantly, Galpa Nation, college basketball, this is one of the best weeks of the year if you're part of the ACC or the Big Ten because it's the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and my guest is a fan of a team that just recently joined the Big Ten. They abandoned the ACC, and I'm not really sure I'm sad to see them go, but it is C.T. Schwink from Red Shell Radio. It's a Maryland Terrapins podcast. I know it's unfortunate, Galpa Nation, but he was super charming at DC Podfest, and I had to have him on the show, so welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm glad we finally linked up here. Yeah, let's talk about that really fast. So, you know, when a, when an awesome girl invites you onto her podcast to talk about sports, typically we like to keep the appointments. We've had to reschedule this, what, like four or five times for both of us. It wasn't just you. Okay, I, I was going to say, when we talked before we, we hopped on here, you were saying, oh, you're the one who, who jilted me. But you, you started the ball rolling, got back into my court. Uh, unfortunately, I was unable to come through last week. I was out on the road, but uh, we, we, we made it happen. I, I was totally flattered by the invite. Uh, I'm, I'm listening to the pod. I, I like the show a lot, so I'm glad we, we did make it work. But there was a little bit of uh, back and forth, a little confusion on, on actually hooking this situation up. Yeah, it just, it was, it was just, you know, it's this time of year um, because there's all these holidays and, you know, our significant others would like to actually see us. I don't know about you, but I recorded my walk in closet. So my husband's like, are you going to get out of the closet? And can you actually spend like Thanksgiving with us? I'm like, but no, I have to podcast. I have to be on Periscope. I have to do yeah. so many things. It's, it's hard. It is. And my girlfriend, she, she totally gets it. Uh, she was kind enough on her birthday. Uh, Maryland played Georgetown and uh, she called it, she called it a night at halftime. And I was able to watch that in the, the sports center afterwards. So she gets it. But last week on, on Wednesday, I was at her parents' house in Long Island. And I did not think that uh, she would be totally accepting if I was like, oh, I know we were supposed to go to dinner, dinner with your parents at 730. But uh, we've got to talk college basketball. She would not have been OK with that. No, I wouldn't have been okay with it either, to be perfectly honest. My husband tried to do that. So, no, it's all good, all good in the hood. And I'm so glad you're on because this week's perfect because it is the uh, the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And you guys just recently joined the Big Ten. Um, and we're going to get into that because a lot of my audience probably doesn't follow college basketball as much as you and I do. Because I would believe that most Terrapin fans and definitely who's, we are college basketball nerds. We are all, like, all about it <laughs> right now. We're watching every game. Absolutely. I mean, college football, it just does not move the meter in College Park. Um, I know even for some of my co-hosts, the last, I mean, the Terps were on an eight-game losing streak, so not a whole lot to like there. But I I brought it up obligatorily on the podcast in the last couple weeks, and my co-hosts are like, dude, can we just, can we get off of it? Can we, can we be done with this and just bury it? We got the number two team in the country for college basketball, and I, and I keep talking about Mike Loxley and Randy Etzel and, and all that jazz. 
Yeah, it's hard. All right. Well, I'm going to start off the conversation like this. How did you personally get into sports? Um, I guess I was, uh, when I was a young warthog, uh, just raised in a sporting family. Um, my godfather, he played college basketball at Florida. So I actually kind of grew up a Florida fan. Um, I went to, I have a weird like split fandom when it comes to college. I went to West Virginia university for two years and then transferred to the university of Maryland to get my degree. And when I was at West Virginia, that was when they had Pat White and Steve Slayton. And I was actually at the game where they blew their shot at going to the national title by losing to Pitt in the backyard brawl. Pitt was a 27 point underdog. Uh, people probably, a lot of people will remember that game. It was, it was one of the most horrific things I've ever seen with my own two eyes. And uh, not that I wasn't a, a sports fan before that, but I think that like, that put like a, a brand, a mark on my soul that I haven't really been able to shake. And it's, Things have just kind of ratcheted up uh, since then for me. It kind of culminated me uh, hosting two podcasts. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I um, too, feel your misery as this weekend, um, we, it was the Virginia-Virginia Tech rivalry game, Frank Beamer's last regular season game, Mike London's last game as a Wahoo. Thank you, everybody. Again, I have so many deities to thank. You have no idea. Uh- <laughs> did they fire him? Did, they, did he resign? I did not. I'm... I'm aware of the news here. Okay, so he <laughs> resigned officially on Sunday, which is fantastic because it saves us $500,000. And it just so happens that Mark um, Reich from Georgia resigned magically, too. I'm really crossing my fingers that we get him. I really want him. I really, really, really want him. But this weekend... My husband was great. He actually upgraded our tickets. Normally, we're in the upper deck, and he surprised me by um, upgrading us. So we were like two rows back from like the end zone. If, have you ever been to Charlottesville? Like, and you've seen like Scott Stadium? It's yes. weird. We're like a horseshoe. Mm-hmm. There's a hill on the other side. So we're on the other side that wasn't the hillside. And so I'm two rows back, and I actually sat with great Hokies around me (laughs) and great Wahoo fans. So that never happens. Normally, Hokies are just jerks. But these guys were great. They were funny. And right when that last interception happened, and I was like, oh, my God, what a way for us to lose. And and it's so appropriate because, you know, Frank Beamer is so known for defenses and defensive mind at first. But... Because we were in the bottom, we tried to leave, and nobody was leaving. It was like a big traffic jam. It was like D.C. traffic. It was like no one could move. So I had to watch as like Virginia Tech players are flipping on my field. But the worst was is that because we have that hill, a lot of times students will rush the field. The Virginia Tech fans rush the field a little bit. And that hurt my soul. So I'm going, that's just tacky. You don't do that. I don't care. It's your rival. I don't care. You guys weren't the underdogs. You've beaten us 12 years in a row. Have some class, Virginia Tech. Just, ugh, so gross. It just, it's just rude. So I, I now, I'm at the point where I'm just going, can, can we just have some just happiness in Scott Stadium again? I, I would really like some. We had a little bit beating Duke a couple weeks ago, but... It's just it's it's been a long season, so I get why your co-host because you guys, I mean, you guys fired your coach what mid-season? Yeah, we were trying to get ahead of this firing wave, and we actually just kind of got swept up within it, um, so it didn't really work out as planned. And now everyone's like, "Well, we don't have a coach." Uh, you know, it's coming up on three days after the season end, and like, what's our what, what's our athletic director been doing for the last two months? 
Yeah, you guys had a huge jump over a ton of people, including Miami, Syracuse, obviously Virginia, Georgia, um, University of Georgia now. USC, obviously they were only going after Chip Kelly. He's obviously turned them down, so they're going with whatever they have right now. They're probably just a stop holder until they can finally convince Chip, leave Philadelphia and come here. And I'm like, take him away because I'm an Eagles fan. And it's just been a miserable football season for me. It's been miserable. So... You got that. You got South Carolina. Who else is open? <laughs> it's it's a litany of. I mean, it's good programs. Yeah. You had to compete uh, against Tech. You had to compete against what Iowa State. Um, yeah. It's, it was like a, what I read somewhere. It was like seventeen major programs with coaching changes, and that's to me is nuts. And it just shows the way the game is moving. Is that is, is it a lack of quality coaches or it's just impatience with fan bases? I think it's kind of a mix of both, uh, and especially, I mean, on the one hand, you have programs like Virginia and Maryland who, you know, they, they gave ample time to Mike London and, and Randy Edsel to have things play out and try and have them build some success and, you know, help out the program uh, succeed in the long term. But on the other hand, you have schools like Georgia and like LSU. I mean, LSU didn't end up firing less miles, but I think that's like kind of the impatient side of it. Uh, same thing with Georgia. I kind of get, uh, you know, Georgia fans being over Mark Richt. He's been there forever, but at the same time, you just coaches that produce nine plus win seasons don't grow on trees. There is a severe lack of them. And, you know, when, when you have a situation like that, it just, it just makes you scratch your head. The, the LSU athletic director, he looked like a huge idiot after LSU beat Texas A&M, he's, he's looking at a script saying, Les Miles is our head coach. That has always been my position. But he hasn't said anything in the last two weeks while there are all these rumors are running around that he's actually going to be let go. And how do you let go of Les Miles? You want a national championship? He has a bunch of 10-win seasons. I, I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. It's it's called SEC greediness, in my opinion. It was funny. I was on a Periscope. I believe it was Sunday when I was talking about, you know, the Virginia-Virginia Tech game and everything and Les Miles and everything. And a Georgia fan who's a regular follower on my Periscopes, he was like, you know, well, if you're okay with a 10-win season all the time, I'm like, yeah, hello, I had eight wins this year. Eight, no road wins. I would I would kill for a 10-win season. That would be, like, let's ticker-taker parade down Emmett Street, like, in Charlottesville. Let's go, because that's just greedy, SEC fans. You're greedy. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Maryland had three wins this year. Last year, we had seven, and that was, like, a, a roaring success. So, I, can, I, I don't even know what a 10-season feels like at this point, as far as Maryland football goes. Yeah, it's, it's just been a long drought. And it's funny because, again, I used to follow Maryland football really closely. You guys were our, one of our best rivals when with ACC. I almost enjoyed the Maryland games more than any other game because your fans are fantastic um, because they're so mean to us. I love it personally. I think that's good. I've said this often. Sports, you need bad guys, and Virginia has several. Um, but And I love the fact that they're trying to make Louisville the bad guy with us, and we're like, no, not the same. We don't hate them as much as we hate Maryland. You know, I, I just, I don't, I don't. Have you guys found anybody you hate as much as Virginia? Because I feel like you guys didn't have any other rivals other than Virginia. Well, maybe Duke a little bit, maybe UNC. But other than that, not really. Yeah, I would say Virginia was definitely our, our best straight up rival across the board. I mean, you know this living in Virginia and living in Maryland. Uh, you do not like the other state. I would never consider living in Virginia. I don't like going to Virginia for anything at all. I, I can look out my window and see that filthy state across the Potomac. 
Uh, I that was definitely our first and foremost rival in basketball. Uh, you had a little bit going there with uh, Duke and, and UNC. I would actually argue that uh, Maryland fans they really we really don't like NC State, so I, I might have pegged them as like the number two overall rival in, in all this uh, or in the ACC at least. But uh, in the Big Ten, Penn State w- without a doubt is uh, that that rivalry that hatred has fermented quickly. It started last year with the, uh, with handshake gate and, uh, Stefan Diggs going, uh, they were, they were in Penn state stadium in happy Valley. They didn't shake hands before the game. And this, this outraged, uh, all these pious, uh, Penn state fans. And it's kind of grown from there. So, uh, and also we don't Rutgers is, I guess, kind of ish our rival because, we're close to them, and we got into the Big Ten at the same time. But uh, really, for whoever Maryland hires as their next football coach, rule number one, don't lose to Rutgers. My favorite <laughs> Maryland moment was when Randy Etzel was announced as your guys' football coach during the halftime of what was Virginia-Maryland, and he said, we don't lose to Virginia, and you lost to Virginia. I love that mm-hmm. clip. I should play it over and over again. That was fun. He's, there's that. Uh, when he first got hired, he said that Maryland was his dream job as well. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's crazy. Nothing in College Park should be anyone's dream job. No. Yeah, no, it's it, it's not the best place to live or work. Um I love it a lot and if you're a Maryland alum, I'm sure you you love it, but uh yeah, no one's no one's clamoring for the Maryland job as we can see right now in the throes of this head coaching search. Yeah, and, and also too, Maryland, I love how you were talking calling my state a dirty state. My state is perfect. We have beaches and mountains and history and Thomas Jefferson and George Washington. Hello. Hello. Just fantastic. And peanuts and all kinds of cool things. Um, and our blue crabs are better than y'all's blue crabs. It's just the way it goes. It's just so true. Uh, and Virginia ham is terrible. So it's, it's – well, it was, for those ham at Thanksgiving dinner and I was, I was personally offended. I didn't speak up because of uh, the company I was and that would have been rude of me. But I, I learned at ham as a, it's an inferior dinner meat, and uh, I won't stand for it. <laughs> no, Smithfield ham is fantastic and delicious on biscuits. It, it's delicious, but at least we don't abuse our flag. Like, you guys, that poor flag deserves a hotline number um, for flag abuse. Because I was just up there. I, I mentioned, you know, we met each other at DC Podfest, and we actually stayed. Um, we were visiting a friend that lives in, in Maryland, and everywhere is the flag. And I'm like, it's already an ugly flag to begin with. It, it already looks like like my seven year old's like Pinterest project gone wrong. Then you got it on everything, and then you guys like decide let's just throw it up because Under Armour wants to be Nike, and let's throw it up all over our uniforms and see what happens. And sometimes it hurts my eyes. Well, uh, again, dis- we disagree here. Uh, <laughs> flag, it's I, I I don't even know how you can talk trash about it when you have like these weird scribbly distorted figures on yours with the crown falling over and that's like 90 percent of the virginia the commonwealth flag not a state i, I understand uh that flag looks like 90 percent of state flags in america um the the weird you guys have the the king without the crown on there but normally there's like settlers shaking hands and they're all that like really stupid seven eighteen hundreds depiction of human beings uh i i just think it's it's ugly it's uninspired it's not original now the maryland flag that's uh it's it's got some flash to it you got the calvert cross you got you got the you know it, it 
I think it, it goes on everything nicely. You know, it goes on the uniforms nicely. Uh, it goes on sweatshirts nicely. A Maryland flag scarf. I mean, come on. They're fantastic. No, absolutely not. No. All right. Whatever. No, it's gross. I, I, don't, I don't think it's wrapped on this one, but I'm just saying as Maryland fan, we all embrace it. So it's not going anywhere. No, that's true. It's kind of like Virginia fans embracing pack line defense. Defense. That, that's, yeah. it's, it's very similar because people call that ugly, and I think it's the perfect. I think it's just gorgeous to watch. I love slow basketball. Love it, love it. Especially when we beat you guys. I'm kind of sad. This is like the first year in like forever we're not playing you. It's weird. Yeah, it's totally weird. I mean, even last year was was kind of like a surprisingly fun thing. I mean, not not the whole losing part on. Oh, that on was my great. End. Oh, that was fantastic. What are you talking about? And Justin Anderson going there and slapping your floor. And I, I love the fact that you guys are so mad we took him from you. <laughs> uh, just it, it's it's one of those things with with Gary leaving. We, we would have had him, but it, no matter, not a big deal. Um, but it, it is kind of you know it's just one. I mean, as I said before, Virginia was you know the Terps' main rival in the ACC, and uh, I, I hope it's point they can they can work something out like maryland's kind of work things out with georgetown um at least for this year and next it's it's just it's more fun when you play your rivals when you have these high stake games um when the comcast center is rocking or um john paul jones arena is that right is that what that what that shack's called down there yeah shack (laughs) what the the thing has been designed to be a perfect basketball palace every angle i've sat on the floor i've sat in the middle i've sat in the rafters and it's a great view wherever you go so jpj is is a thing of beauty do not disgrace the jpj (laughs) sorry i I do i know it's nice i know it's it's new and and glitzy and shiny yeah, but and Tony it, Bennett looks so great there. Can I tell you how much I love Tony Bennett? I love how, him. How much? How much do you love him? Like he's the most dreamiest college basketball coach ever. He looks like George Clooney. Like there was rumors, like um, I don't want him as our football coach, but if we had Cliff Kingsbury from um, Texas Tech and along with Tony Bennett, we would have Ryan Gosling and George Clooney coaching UVA sports. I don't want Cliff Kingsbury, though. Be very clear. But he's a very pretty man. But yes, and Tony's ever so dreamy because he's just the perfect epitome of UVA-ness. He's confident, super smart, um, dapper, looks great in a tie. He's just fantastic. And he brings something unique. That pack line defense is so different. And it's wacky to watch. At first, I didn't like it. I'll be perfectly honest. And then the more I saw it, I'm like, oh, I get it now. Yes, Tony Bennett, give it to me. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Tony Bennett. Do you think, uh, is he better looking than Jay Wright? Is he the best looking man in college basketball? Oh, absolutely. He's the best looking man in college basketball. No question. All right. No. You're, the, you're the reputable source. I'll take <laughs> Yeah. Not that the other guy isn't, isn't bad looking either. Boy, this got way off topic really fast. But yeah, it's so weird. I, I just, I kind of, I, I didn't think I would miss you guys. Like I, I missed you guys this year, like playing football because that was always a fun game because both teams are awful. So it really wasn't, it was just like, which team isn't as bad as the other one? And, and the last couple of years, you guys were better somewhat because Mike Lennon can't coach. And, um, you know, I, I just, I kind of miss it. And I, you know what I miss it more in is lacrosse. That's what I miss more than anything. That was the one sport that both of us were like banging heads all the time. And people who aren't, you know, part of these schools that don't get lacrosse, lacrosse is a big deal at UVA. I'm pretty sure it's a big deal at Maryland. So that was weird when you guys left for the Big Ten because there is no lacrosse there. Uh, actually, because Maryland joined up and then uh, Johns Hopkins joined as, I don't know if it's just a lacrosse-only member or like a non-Rev sport member, but they, they joined 
they came into the conference from on the lacrosse side, and that gave them enough members to form a real lacrosse conference. So they, they do have conference play now, um, which is cool. And I, I think that was probably part of the deal. You know, we do play, so, uh, I mean, as a school, it is, you know, it's popular. It's, it's a huge sport in-state. Um, definitely it was a huge rivalry against Virginia. I was actually at that national championship game against Virginia. I had friends playing on the team. And uh, I can't decide if it was one of my finest or most embarrassing moments because we got there 10 a.m. Uh, tailgating super hard. And by the time we got in there, me and my buddies were smashed and uh, being super, I mean, just harassing every UVA fan with insight. Uh, security got called down on us. We were being monitored the whole game. <laughs> Just screaming! Just I was acting like a like a straight up lunatic. Uh, so that's why I can't decide if it was embarrassing or you know like a, a, a one of my finest hours because I did the same thing two days before to all the Duke fans in the uh, the semifinal when we beat them. So it was just kind of what I was feeling that weekend. But I get it. It's it's a big deal for both states, and I hopefully I mean maybe not hopefully because you guys are good. Uh, we'll see each other in the the NCAA tournament. Wait, wait, wait. Duke actually had fans at a sporting event that wasn't at Duke? Oh, yeah. There were a lot of them. And I didn't even know that they that Duke played places outside of North Carolina. I was unaware of that, but I, apparently they do. Yeah, because when we were at the um, ACC Tournament Championship in 2014, my husband and I, we went and we brought our son. And it was literally like a mini JPJ. It was orange and blue everywhere. I mean, there were pockets of like Duke fans. But what was interesting was when the Duke players came out, and this also happened during the NCAA regional in Raleigh. So Raleigh is only, what, like 10 minutes from Durham? Not even. Um, like probably 20 minutes. And then Greensboro's less than an hour. So it's super easy drive to, to get to these places. So there's no excuse for students not being able to go. Trust me, someone has transportation somewhere. And we get there to Greensboro, and there's hardly any Duke fans. And then when the Duke players come out, it's like golf claps, golf, clap, clap, clap. Anybody with orange and blue gets anywhere near the court, and the place erupts. We were so loud by the end of the game that you couldn't hear Duke's pep band. So if it's a neutral site, Galpa Nation, uh, for those who's never been to a neutral site basketball game, both pep bands are typically there, and they'll take turns playing um, different songs. Well, when Duke's band was playing, we were cheering so loud loudly you couldn't hear them that's crazy um but this camden crazies nonsense it's i feel like it's just for show when they're there and you know in kville that's it that that's the only time that it's it's really there other than that they are the my most disappointing fan base i've ever met well think about how hard uh it must i mean when i say think about how hard it's it's not hard to Make that place loud. Like, if you have, how many people does it hold? Like, 4,000? If you have, yeah, that's true. Thousand of them students who are going to be screaming the whole time. I mean, the place is tiny. Like, of course it's going to be loud. I mean, it's not like an impressive feat. I mean, it, I get it. It is like a cool college basketball venue, but it's not like, you know, uh, I would say the noise level in the Comcast Center is more impressive than the noise level in, uh, at Duke's basketball stand, Cameron Indoor, excuse me, escaped me for a second. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And JPJ, same thing. Even the Dean Dome. I don't like to say anything complimentary about UNC. But, you know, just uh, Duke fans. Duke, that, that's a whole other podcast. Um, but I'm looking at your guys' schedule. You guys just had the Cancun ca- Challenge, which you guys did fairly, fairly well. You had a little trouble with um, w- before you went to there with Ryder. That got to be interesting. Yeah. Um, you've had some close calls. But overall, really good. But tomorrow, you guys, and this this episode comes out tonight. Um, tomorrow, you guys face North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I think that's going to be your toughest test without a question this year, correct? 
absolutely. Marcus Page will be back as well. Uh, Terps are a seven point dog right now. Uh, it it'll definitely it's it's going to be tough. I don't I don't really expect them to win, but I hope they play well. That would be fun. It would be fun if they won for sure. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Obviously, it would help Virginia immensely if UNC loses for lots of different reasons. Um, one, because, again, it will make UNC Tar Heels cry, and that's always enjoyable. I think you agree with me on that one. But, I, but I feel dirty rooting for you guys. That's that's dirty. That's just gross. So I don't know what a Galapagos going to do. Hopefully, then, I will be so elated because we, we have the first game that night uh, against Ohio State, which it stinks that we get two road games for the ACC Challenge. What in the world is up with that ESPN mean? Um, but whatever we can handle it. We're a good squad. Um, so hopefully I'll just be so elated that we won that game that I really won't care what happens in Chapel Hill. Yeah, you guys should be able to take care of Ohio State. They've lost two or three in a row. They haven't really looked great. They're relying on some freshmen. So uh, I mean, even though it's on the road, and I'm sure it'll be raucous there uh, in Columbus. But uh, I don't know. That's what that's what UVA is used to. You guys are used to going in, grinding it out, taking the crowd out of it. Uh, obviously, that didn't work when when they came to DC against GW, but uh, I think GW is better than Ohio State is. So I I, th- I think the the Cavs should be able to get it done. And yeah, I guess don't don't really worry about us then. Although you should root for for us because then this is why you should root for us because think of all the sad UNC fans you'll be able to see on your television when Maryland's winning. I know that is always fun. Sad UNC fans, yay! It still feels dirty rooting for Maryland. But looking towards your schedule, I mean, after that, you guys play UConn. Um, I mean, you've got St. Francis in between there, Maryland, Eastern Shore. Then you get into the bulk. Um, you know, you open up with Penn State, the Northwestern, Rutgers, you know. And I'm looking at your schedule. Who in the Big Ten? I mean, because I haven't really been paying attention to the Big Ten at all. You know, is it a conference where people should see a lot of good teams? Or is it still kind of rebuilding? Because last year, you guys, obviously, Wisconsin was fantastic. But that's not going to be the same Wisconsin as it was last year. And I'm looking at some of the other teams other than Michigan State, but I have a deep, deep hatred for Michigan State for obvious reasons. Tom Rizzo and his beady, beady eyes. I hate him so much. Um, but other than those two, are there anybody else we really should be noticing out of the Big Ten? On oh, you guys. Uh, well, Michigan State is is really good. I, I think that they, you could argue that they could be the, the number one team in the country right now. Honestly, they've got the the best resume. Uh, Denzel Valentine's looked like the best player in the country. Uh, Purdue has looked very strong. Um, Northwestern has looked okay. Uh, Indiana is a little bit suspect. They don't really play much defense. Uh, there's been some talks of some internal struggles with the players in Tom Crean. But other than that, it, it's it's a pretty top heavy league. And I don't even. And I think Wisconsin. I mean, I think they'll be good. But I think, you know, good is top five, top six for them this year. I don't really think that uh, they've got, I mean, they lost, you know, two, Frank Kaminsky, Eric Decker, I'm sorry, Sam Decker, and uh, two senior guards. Uh, They lost, I mean, three guys to the NBA. I can't remember who the third gentleman was, but they're replacing a lot there. So I wouldn't expect them to make as much noise. Uh, That's that's tough to, uh, to replace talent like that. So. Uh, the Big Ten definitely more of a top-heavy league this year, um, and hopefully Maryland can take advantage of that and uh, eat up some of the bottom feeders because there's quite a few of them. 
It kind of reminds me of last year of the ACC starting out. It seemed like a really top-heavy league. And then we saw guys like, you know, Notre Dame and um, Miami and some of these other guys kind of get better and better. You know, Syracuse has taken out one because they weren't really playing that well and two for, for sanctions. Um, but it kind of reminds me a lot about that where you've got some really great teams up at the top and then this kind of middle section that might be working on and then like the bottom feeders. Um it's very similar. I feel like, honestly, looking at the entire college basketball landscape, I still love the Big 12. I think that they're the most complete conference. Um, and then the SEC is absolute garbage other than Kentucky. I, I just I don't understand it. Though Alabama did just beat Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, I, I like the Big 12 a lot. A lot of, a lot of good teams in there as well. Uh, yeah, the... The SEC is garbage. Um, that's just kind of the the way life is these days, right? And I, I mean, I, I think you could probably make an argument that the Big East is bigger than bigger than they are. Uh, certainly, you know, as far as your top line teams, they could, you know, maybe stay on par a little bit. Uh, Pac twelve, uh, they're not. They're they're okay. Uh, I, I don't watch a lot of Pac twelve basketball, so I couldn't speak on that. But. Um, it seems like I'll begrudgingly admit. It seems like the ACC probably your best league in the country at the moment. That right there is going to be my clamor, and I'm going to have it just played over and over again. It's going to be a drop in my show for now on, and I'm just going to have you just going the ACC, ACC. Do you miss it? Do you miss being part of the ACC? Come on, you can admit it here. You can admit no, it. No, 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 no. And you can pretty much ask any Maryland fan. We do not miss the ACC. We embrace our big. 10 overlords, um, more, more TV money coming our way. As, as you probably know, or maybe you don't know Maryland, uh, they were in not so great financial shape. Uh, they haven't been, I know they're slowly, but surely trying to dig themselves, uh, dig themselves out of a hole that, uh, Debbie Yao put us in. She's now the athletic director at NC state. She's a peach. Um, but no, I don't, I don't miss it at all. I don't miss having to play a majority of game, my games in, uh, North Carolina, Greensboro is a joke of a place to hold a conference tournament. Uh, no, don't miss it at all. Don't miss the low-rent production on the the basketball games. I much prefer the Big Ten Network, all that jazz. Well, we, we are going to be in the district this year for the ACC tournament. I think that's ironic we announced that when you guys were leaving. I was like, ha-ha, uh-huh. <laughs> Maryland, ha-ha. It wasn't ironic. It was totally... Oh, it was a in- dig. It was a total dig. I loved it. It was a great move. I'm like, that's right. Suck it, Terrapins. Suck it. Ha ha. Five minutes from your house. Ha ha. Suck it. All right. Well, the Big Ten tournament, I believe, will be in D.C. Uh, I think 2018, perhaps. I, it's sometime soon. Um, but yeah. I would. I'm going to. I think I'm going to go to Indianapolis for the tournament. So uh, I will definitely enjoy that over Greensboro. Yeah, Greensboro is not the best place. It's kind of. It, it really. Other than the costume, there's nothing else there. <laughs> it's not that exciting, to be honest with you. Unless you're you've won your game, and then you don't really care at that point because you're just super excited you won your game. So yeah, no, probably that 2014 ACC championship was is probably my happiest sports moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's that's probably fair. And then the list is short for Virginia, right? I mean, that's, that's <laughs> you're not going to keep there. Well, um, winning three national championships last year was pretty good. Okay, yeah. You know, oh. and the and the twenty one before that. So yeah, no, it's, that's fun. Like um, a couple years ago, this is back when it was not Seth Greenberg, not Buzz Williams, the 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 one dude in between the two of them, who's <laughs> not even like worth even mentioning. But I when we, 
name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It doesn't matter. I don't, well, certainly Virginia Tech fans wouldn't know the name. They they barely know that they have a basketball program, and it's sad because their coach is actually very good. Buzz Williams is amazing, and he's wasted in Hokie Land, in my opinion, wasted. But whatever. Um, but one year we were playing them. At JBJ and the student um, section, the Who Crew, they kept holding up these signs to say, "Hey, VT has one," and they literally had every like a picture, like a like a poster sized picture of every NCAA championship we've won, and they just kept holding it up, and it was hilarious <laughs> because they don't have one. And this is why I do like you because you agree with me that Virginia Tech is so overrated in so many things. They really are. They're the worst. The worst. Uh, their football team. I mean, Frank Beamer certainly a legend. No, he's the Antichrist. Because he made Virginia Tech into a thing that people care about, and he got lucky with Michael Vick. That's all he did. Uh, I mean, he fell into Michael Vick because stupidly Virginia went after Ronald Curry, and this is why I know because I'm from the area they're from. So, um, and Ronald Curry then abandoned us for UNC because he thought he wanted to be a basketball star. That was Boo Williams' fault. Oh, I know all about that. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. I, I, there's so many. Honestly, growing up, um, a lot of my friends' parents were Virginia Tech fans, so there was a lot of uh, Virginia Tech drum beating uh, going around, and that was especially, I guess, when I was became sports cognizant was I guess probably like fifth, sixth grade for me, and that was around uh, Michael Vick's time. So uh, ever since then, I've I've had a devout hatred of the Virginia Polytechnic Institute and State University. Um, they don't, I don't understand why they don't refer to themselves by that name. I, I think it's wrong, it's really. Because VPI sounds like a venereal disease. Mm, that's, that, that'll do it. <laughs> that would... <laughs> I have no problem saying that, too. It sounds like a freaking venereal disease. And you know it. It sounds like an STD. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, I, 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 when we do... I guess we don't really talk a whole lot of uh, Virginia Tech anymore. But when uh, Maryland was in the ACC, and anytime I'd be typing up my show notes for the pod, I always refer to them by their uh, their proper name. Oh, we do too. Oh, all Virginia fans. It's like um, hashtag beat VPI. And then I had actually a hokey bandwagoner ask me one day, what does VPI mean? I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so precious. That's adorable. Wow, because your diplomas, and I guess you don't have one of those from there. Because I guess it's a fine education institution they they produce veterinarians and engineers because you know oh wait virginia does that too not veterinarians but you know engineers and maryland don't you guys have an engineering program yeah there's an engineering program yeah so so that's not that special (laughs) so sorry vpi (laughs) so so sorry yeah actually it makes sense that you don't like them too because you went to west virginia and a lot of people forget that they were huge rivals in the biggies i remember because I, i had friends that went there back in the late 90s before they joined the acc and they were still part of the big east and like oh my god the couch burning jokes did you ever burn a couch while at west virginia is that true uh, I never lit one on fire personally, but I did see several of them. So yes, it is a real thing. And actually, they there's like a now like a city ordinance that like if you get caught burning a couch, it's like they can throw you in jail right away. It it is like a serious problem. Uh, whenever uh, West Virginia wins like any kind of semblance of a big game, uh, things really do go a little bit kooky there. So it's it's true. Believe the hype. Why couches? That just seems so mean to that poor furniture. Uh, I, I would say because 75% of couches in West in Morgantown are uh, gross and decrepit. And they're, it's, it's just a big, easy thing to burn in the middle of the street. And, you know, if the old moldy couch is, is going up in flames, no one really cares. So 
there's the spectacle aspect and there's also just the eh, whatever it's it's fine sitting on the floor is more sanitary anyway Oh my god, that's gross, and it reminds me of college so so much because yeah, it's it's so true. Um, so other than that, I mean, you guys are ranked number two right now, and as somebody last year whose team was ranked number two for a while until Louisville broke Justin Anderson. Yes, I still blame them. Maybe I do have a rivalry starting with them. They broke him. They broke his pinky, and it all went downhill. And then he got appendicitis. And then we couldn't defend against Tom Izzo and the boards. Oh, my God, it's so bad. Um, but do you guys think, seriously, like you guys are going to make the big run? And, and do you think you're a Final Four caliber team this year? I think the talent is certainly there. Um, it, it's kind of hard to say uh, this early on in the season. As you said, uh, Maryland did have their struggles against Ryder. Uh, one of the things we're actually going to talk about on the podcast tonight after uh, we're, we're done here is why Maryland – hasn't really been able to blow out teams. Um, I think a lot of it is just kind of uh, melding this this whole new crew together. Um, you've got Rashid Suleiman and Robert Carter Jr., who are, are big pieces, but new pieces. Um, you've also got Diamond Stone, who's a, a five-star recruit. You're trying to add him in. Um, you're trying to – Maryland has three big guys that uh, play in their rotation. Um, so trying to figure out which lineups work, which don't um, – you know, they, they've had their problems against zone defenses. So they, they're definitely a work in progress. Um, like I said, I wouldn't be uh, surprised at all if they lose to North Carolina. And I, I, I don't, I wouldn't say that they, it's on the table. They could get blown out, but they could certainly lose by 12 points if they, they come out flat. So I think the talent is there uh, to get to the final four, but you know, whether they can put it all together, uh, Maryland does have, a tendency to kind of not show up in games and not bring that intensity. And they, they will get blown out from time to time. They did last year and last year's team was good. I think this team's a lot better, but um, there's, there are certainly concerns. I would think I would be cool if they made it. I just wanted to make it to the second weekend of the tournament. The last two times they've been there, they've lost in game two. So a sweet 16 or elite eight, appearance would be fine by me obviously final four national championship game is uh is the aspiration but i think they can win the big 12 big 10 regular season and then uh second weekend of the tournament uh that would all would be cool by me yeah i for virginia if it's less than the final four i'm disappointed yeah i mean this is kind of where virginia's been at the last couple years and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, I kind of feel I, you can obviously speak a lot better to this, but you know, if they don't go final four this year, it, it, it might be hard to get back to that level, at least for another year or two. Is, is, am I correct in saying that? Yes and no. Um, we do have a lot of se- fourth year, fifth years this year, um, or seniors, as I guess most regular people call them. I forget Virginia's. We're odd in our language. Um, you know, Malcolm Brogdon is absolutely the key to our, our team this year. He stays healthy. We should do fine. Anthony Gill looks great. I got to tell you, I've been really impressed with some of our transfers. I really wish we were getting our guy from Memphis to play this year, but he's on like red shirt because of the whole transfer thing. He would be fantastic at his line. I love the new seven footer. Um, He's a redshirt freshman. Jack Salt is ridiculous, and he brings the strength that I needed from Mike Toby. Mike Toby is like sometimes wasted. I'm like, why are you there? You're the biggest man on the court. <laughs> do something. Throw an elbow. Something. <laughs> just, just, just do something. And he's just not tough enough. Or Jack is tough enough. The problem is, is that Toby has the experience and Jack doesn't. So it, it's a weird kind of dichotomy. Um, it's it's been weird to see. But I also love Mariel Shayok. We saw him a lot of him last year. My black Canadian. Love him. 
So yeah, I just feel like this is a really complete crew. But even again, you know, even if we lose next year, you know, Brogdon and we lose Gil, we lose Nolte, we lose Toby, we have so many other guys stepping up. Like Tony's done a really good job of just really good recruiting and getting the guys in and getting them to work the system. So, you know, I want them to make a Final Four for a lot of reasons, and namely because um, I just think the world of like Anthony Gill and Malcolm Brogdon. And let me not forget my main squeeze, London Parentes. Holy cow. The guy just is, he's just smooth. He's just like calm. We get him for another year. So, you know, I think Virginia will be okay. But I want to see him get it done this year. It'd be nice to just just to validate what Tony Bennett's doing and to validate that, you know, because we get so, and you guys probably get this with Marilyn a lot too, we get so many critics going, oh, they just can't win in tournament time. We can. It's just, we just got to figure out the pieces. And like, we, again, two years ago when it was Joe Harris and Akil Mitchell, we were what, like two plays away from going to, you know, the Elite Eight. Two. Um, so it's just it's frustrating because it's it, it's not like we're being blown out in these games. It's just like one or two things, and and they are scoring better. I mean, we're in the 80s for scoring, which is like unheard of for Virginia. I'm like, wait a minute, we can score that high? So that's really exciting to see. So I don't know if that's a statement to the shot clock being shortened or just Virginia getting better at shooting. I don't know what it is, but I'll take it. I don't like the whole like oh like you can't win in the tournament because. I, I always think that like the NCAA tournament, it, while while it is fun and it's one of the the greatest events in sports, it's the worst way to determine a champion. I always think that uh, the M- like NBA playoffs, you know, best out of seven series. Like if you wanted to crown a true champion, that's the way you really do it. And unfortunately, with college basketball, that you know, it's 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 a one offer, and you know, like you said, you you you're two plays away from advancing. Like it, that doesn't mean you played a bad game. That doesn't mean I mean it. it to an extent, it kind of discredits your body of work throughout the season, and the college basketball season's a long season, and I just think it's kind of wacky how people view college basketball teams based on, you know, coming up two plays shy of beating a good Michigan State team and, you know, in the second weekend. It's crazy. Well, and I still say Virginia was, was seeded wrong. We should have been one seed. I mean, we won the ACC outright. Um, the only team that beat us that was ahead of us was Duke. And Duke didn't even win the ACC outright or the ACC championship, but they were magically number one seed. So sometimes that selection committee, I'm going, what the hell are you thinking? Like, do you actually watch any games? Like, do you watch the body of work? And and just, I feel like sometimes those blue, the, the, the pedigree teams, the Duke, the UNCs, the Kentuckys, the Wisconsins to some degree, um, Michigan States, they get a, a kind of a free hall pass. Oh, well, you know they're going to be good. Now, again, Duke proved it because they won the whole thing. So I, there's only so much argument I can say. But like Villanova, I'm like, Villanova shouldn't have been a one seed. That was crazy. So it just, it, it, that's the frustrating for me thing for me as a fan. Um but there's nothing we can do about it right now. I mean, it's still better than the way college football's decided. Uh, yeah, I think to an extent, I, I'm really, I'm pretty pleased with the college football playoff. Could you imagine if, like, this weekend, like, I, it's the fact that only two teams used to compete in this thing, and essentially, you know, trying to get down like who are the two last two undefeated teams uh, is really crazy to me. But me personally, uh, I do not think an SEC team should go this year. I don't think Alabama's that good. I don't think they're worthy of a spot. Okay, that is that is so that is so out there. I think you're you're in the minority on that. Ramona. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Look at they he doesn't they did not have a draftable quarterback. Um I just they're going to wind up in there and they're going to lose the first round. I just don't see it. I will Okay, so I I think that they're they're totally playoff worthy, but uh, I'm with you. They definitely they looked vulnerable. Uh, I mean, certainly against Auburn. 
Um, but I think you can kind of say the same thing about Clemson too. I mean, that's kind of, I guess that's the beauty of college football. You know, it's, it's, it's tough to, most teams aren't good. So it's, it's tough to play consistently from week to week. Uh, I don't know. They look, they look suspect. And I, and if they lost in the first round, I think it wouldn't be surprising. That doesn't mean they're not a good team and they're not playoff worthy. I think that just means there's a little more parody in college football this year. Yeah, I think so. And a lot of bad, bad college football. All right, because you've got to get to your own podcast. Can you tell Galpa Nation a little bit about it and where they can find you? Sure. So uh, you can find us at RedShellRadio.com, at RedShellRadio on Twitter. Uh, that's the, the Terrapin Sports Podcast. Um, I also do one about Washington, the Washington Wizards at Zardcast on Twitter, Zardcast.com. Um, we're about to – we took a little lapse on that, um, but we're about to fire it back up tomorrow night. Um, you can find me at CT Schwink on Twitter. Um, I do those two, and then I also help out. If you're not into Maryland or the Washington Wizards, uh, which is totally cool and probably most people listening, um, I help out with a podcast called The Solid Verbal. They are uh, the number one independent college football podcast on the Internet. Uh, Ty Hilton Brand, Dan Rubenstein, they're the host. They, uh, they're they tremendous, uh, and they let me help out. I do their reverb segment, so if you listen to this week's episode, um, you'll hear those on there, which is basically uh, people call in while they're watching college football on Saturdays, and they just kind of spout off their thoughts to an answering machine, and I <laughs> put them music, and uh, it actually turns out pretty pretty comical. So uh, give those guys a listen, solidverbal.com. Oh, my gosh. I You would have to beat me so much during college football. I mean, my Twitter is is not suitable for work when it comes to college football. Like I, I tell most of my coworkers, please do not look at my Twitter during when Virginia's playing because it's usually like it really it's bad it's really really bad um, and again thanks for coming out. oh one more thing Schwink one more thing so Gal Pal Nation this year or I guess next year will be hosting the first ever um, Sports Gal Pal Bracketology Challenge and so we're inviting other podcasters to come do some Bracketology for Gal Pal Nation you in? Yeah, absolutely. What is what does this entail? Can you can you explain it to me? No, we're gonna just have a big a big giant podcasters um, bracket pool basically. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sounds great. I'm all in. One bracket to rule them all. Like, which one's the best one? So, yeah. I haven't worked at the details yet, but I'm starting to get, like, my podcasters that I know they're really into college basketball. Because that's the thing. I don't want a casual fan. Because I hate it. I mean, yes, casual fans. Please do all the brackets you want to. But here's my challenge with this and my problem with it. Those are the ones that we seem to win because they're like, oh, let's, let's, I think North Carolina is good. Or I guarantee you a zillion of them pick Duke because they know Duke. And Duke magically wins. It's like, man. Where's the rest of us who actually use some thought and care and have seen games, like real games, like, you know, in December? That's when you know you're crazy about college basketball is when you're watching in December. Like, I've been watching since, you know, earlier on this month. So, uh, yeah, so I'm asking podcasters that are actually, they have to be podcasters, number one. You must have a show. And also, you must actually know something about college basketball. So I'm admitting now, you know something about college basketball, which is a lot for me to say, as you have a segment called the SVP Lounge, for God's sakes. Um, people who don't know, Scott Van Pelt went to Maryland and is proud of it. Yeah, he's the best. And I agree with you on the, the bracket thing, because actually, I don't even I don't normally submit brackets because of that reason. I watch tons of college hoops, but I, I never win. And just... The dullards who just throw darts at the wall, they're the ones that always win. So it's just kind of, it's the same reason I don't play fantasy football, so. 
Oh, well, that's a whole another podcast I had to have um, that. And again, you can follow him um, on Twitter. I'll put all the links on my show notes at blogtalkradio.com forward slash sportsgalpal. Of course, on sportsgalpal.com. And I have admittedly listened to Red Shell Radio. It's very good if you really want to know what's going on with Maryland basketball or football, mainly basketball. Um, you know, if, if, if you feel the need, Galpa Nation, I won't judge you. I will judge you if you abuse the flag like they do. It should stop. Um, people, please rescue that poor flag. It's been through enough. Uh, I, we love it, and we will continue to, uh, you say abuse, but we say embrace and spread, I guess, which sounds gross now that the words have come out of my mouth. <laughs> that was fantastic. Thank you so much for a great interview. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal podcast. And be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com.